Hello, listeners. I'm Jamia. I'm Jamila, and we are Live Voices. Here from librarians of color, what speaks to the fullness of their careers, including successes and challenges. How do they do it? Join us to find out more about their Live Voices. Welcome to season three, episode 10, our final episode this season. Today, we have an interview with Loida Garcia Fabo. Loida Garcia Fabo, international library consultant, expert in library services to diverse populations and human rights, president of the American Library Association 2018-2019, at IFLA governing board 2013-2017, co-founder of New Professionals, two-term member, expert resource person of FAIFE, two-term member of CPDWL, and currently CPWL consultant, information coordinator of the Management of Library Association section. ALA, chair of ALA UN 2030 Sustainable Development Goals Task Force, and chair of Women's Issues and Librarianship. Born, raised, and educated in Puerto Rico. What drew you to librarianship? This is such a wonderful question. My mom was my librarian from first grade until 10th grade. And so was my school librarian. So um, I uh, grew up in a library and the library she uh, um, had at at the public school in Puerto Rico. Uh, where I grew up and went to school was an enormous library. And uh, whereas uh, usually some libraries in the island are the size of a one classroom, my mom's library was the size of four classrooms. So back in the 80s, uh, that was a huge library. It had a, a children's section. It had a children, uh, another section for young adults. And it had um, different sections as per the Dewey, uh, the Simon classification system. Um, and so I remember that my classmates loved the library. And so, yes, I learned to love libraries. And um, I did my uh, bachelor's in business, but then I did want to continue studying. And um, my dad suggested to me, that I um, looked into uh, the master's in, in librarianship, library sciences, and I did, and I loved it. And um, I, I want to say that the class that really hooked me up when I was in library school that semester was uh, collection development. And it was by Susan Freyband, a professor back then. And, and I remember that she was uh, a very uh, big supporter of not censoring materials and the importance of bringing all types of materials to the libraries, intellectual freedom. Uh, and so that really drew me in. And I'm so glad that I stayed in the program and the rest is history. That's great. Just to hear that you that your mother was a librarian and growing up in the library. That's that's kind of cool. <laughs> that is so cool. <laughs> yeah. I love that. 
As a BIPOC librarian, what, what do you view as critical to the success of the field? Well, um, I am a BIPOC librarian and I grew up in Puerto Rico. So my experiences are coming from the Caribbean and from an island that, uh, well, is a colony, it's a territory of the United States. And so uh, it's, a, it's a very interesting thing uh, here in the island where I am right now during this interview. Uh, we um, worked, uh, we have a way of working that is like a family and united and uh, in concerted efforts towards goals. And I always thought that that was the way around the world. <laughs> And then I moved to um, New York, which I really love. And I uh, appreciate my uh, colleagues in the States a lot. Uh, and I think when I look back to my um, first couple of years in librarianship that were done at the, in the island, I, I do um, wish that there was more unity in our field, uh, that all the different groups that, um, that make the, the BIPOC community um, worked in more unity. Uh, uh, so the actions were more cohesive and we, um, you know, worked with goals in mind. I think that's very powerful. And as a, as a past president of ALA, um, I do think that ALA uh, uh, is that place many times. I do think that it could be a place that many times as well. Um, and so, I, yes, so I do long and wish that uh, our field in, in particular uh, was more united. And there are many ways of, to answer this question, but I want to focus on that. Because, um, yes, there is strength in numbers, but there is also power in unity. And that's very important. And um, so, you know, we have all these ethnic caucus that are, uh, have a beautiful history uh, on how they were uh, created and established. And um, the colleagues in all the different groups are very strong and they have uh, powerful stories. And I do think that if we work together, we can um, achieve great things, uh, continue to move the needle in the areas of equity, diversity, and inclusion as we need. And, um, and that's what I tried to do when, um, when I was president of ALA as well. And so I uh, developed a certain number of initiatives, but the one that I really, uh, liked uh, in terms of this question was um, diversity um, EDI in our libraries. And it was about uh, three videos, it's a series of videos on the stories on how uh, librarians in academic, public and school libraries had worked to embed EDI in their library services. And this was designed uh, based on three questions that my advisory team uh, developed for us to think about uh, on how we can expand and embed EDI in the libraries. 
but that can only be done if there is a, a foundation, right? And I do believe that we have it as a profession and like groups in the States, but we need to continue building now and strengthening the uh, unity within our groups. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, definitely having that sense of community from, you know, you living in Puerto Rico sounds like it has carried you in wanting us to come together as, you know, our different communities, but to come together is definitely better together than by ourselves. So I definitely think that is important. Yes, like you said, power power and unity. So Mm -hmm. that's something I think to to kind of keep in our minds, you know, as we work towards, you know, some of these goals that we have, you know, all of all of our caucuses, you know, and I think also the work that is being done with JCLC, you know, is is attempting to to, you know, create that unity that you're that you're talking about now. So um, I'm I'm, you know, thankful for what JCLC has been doing and um, and creating that for us and also the the caucuses themselves and how they you know collaborate collaborate with each other and like would love to see more of that too as well yes so that leads perfectly into our next question how do you promote equitable practices through your work in the library um i am so glad that uh you mentioned uh one of the colleagues here mentioned jclc because i had made a note for this question related to jclc Um, As you know, I am an international library consultant, so I work with different libraries and uh, library associations and groups and library vendors as well. Uh, But in this case, I want to mention that uh, we need to kind of nurture ourselves and and strengthen ourselves. And so as part of that, uh, many years ago, I will say perhaps in 2008 or 2007, uh, I went to the first JCLC. And uh, when I was there, it was a, I experienced a really powerful uh, group of people coming together. And I returned to New York and um, I was the president of Reforma their Northeast chapter, which includes six uh, states. And um, I talked to the uh, board of the Northeast chapter and I expressed my desire of starting a mini JCLC to bring opportunities to the librarians in the region that otherwise won't have an opportunity to attend a national conference. And so we started with the help, amazing help, of the um, programming person and um, events person that we had uh, in the chapter, this officer. And so, and ever since then, uh, the Northeast chapter has the um, JCLC mini conference and it includes uh, all the ALA ethnic caucus. And in recent years have also includes um, the uh, Rainbow Roundtable sometimes. And um, I mentioned this because it's really important that we nurture ourselves, that we learn for then we can go out, right, and promote uh, more equitable practices with that knowledge among our colleagues or our region, district, and so on. That's one thing. The other thing, as a a practitioner, as a consultant, uh, I specialize in human rights 
in diverse populations. Um, I also include continuing development, uh, professional development, and uh, new librarians, and outreach, and other things. But uh, as part of what I do uh, in my day-to-day -day job, I want to follow that line on promoting equitable practices. And I am so happy that I can do that. Some of the workshops I've done in, um, in recent times includes how we can bring EDI into our workforce. And, uh, and it has feature themes that go beyond the recruiting or maintaining our uh, diverse workforce. It includes uh, practices and work culture, uh, working culture and organizational culture. And what are these practices that we need to um, uh, put in place? Because one thing, we don't want to bring uh, diverse individuals and then setting up them for failure. And that's what we uh, unfortunately have in our uh, jobs uh, where we cannot see, for instance, uh, certain uh, uh, practices or certain characteristics of our diverse individuals and see that they are professional as anybody else. We see some of those traits as um, unprofessional. And so we have a lot of work to do uh, in these different areas that can be really damaging to individuals and to our workforce. And so uh, we don't talk about those things, right? We just stay in the statements and crafting the uh, mission of the library, making sure it includes diversity somewhere. <laughs> uh, but we do need to pay attention to all the other stuff, right? Like what are the salaries levels? Uh, what are the stats? How many people we have from diverse backgrounds? And, and many other aspects. These are just, you know, the top of the iceberg, so to speak. And so um, there are many things that we can do, but personally, I am focusing on that. And, and so I'm very happy that uh, I, I get to do that. And so not, not only on uh, EDI in the workforce, but also how we can bring uh, EDI into our strategic plans for the library, for the library association in a region. And, you know, we have... Um, state libraries, uh, um, state universities. We have also private universities, how we can deal with that. There are two different ways there uh, because of the organization and governance. So, um, you know, I think we need to be more aware of all the uh, aspects related to our work. And I'm happy that I get to uh, work in, in the, uh, my, my professional, in my job, and also in the association's work. Um, to continue helping our own colleagues and uh, my own, uh, how we say in Puerto Rico, hermanos y hermanas, brothers and sisters. Thank you for sharing that. I, you know, as you say, there is a lot for us to do, <laughs> unfortunately. But, um, but you know, just like you know how you how you've done. I think you're you have created a model for for others to follow in terms of like, you know, kind of concentrating on certain areas and tackling, um, tackling some of the issues from where you are, you know, where you stand. And um, definitely EDI, I think is something that can be employed in all areas, right? Not just in one or two, but, and, you know, we kind of should think of it, I think more holistically 
kind of what you're saying in terms of these other areas that we can apply it. So I think, you know, kind of already what you've already shared with us kind of tells us that, you know, you're doing a lot of work and everyone knows that you are. So that leads us to our next question of, um, you've provided a lot of service to so many professional organizations in LIS. Can you speak on which project or projects have meant the most to you? I love this uh, question. Um, I'm a firm believer that if uh, there is a need for something, if something is not in place, we can create it. <laughs> and so uh, I've done that. Uh, I uh, usually don't wait uh, very long if there is a need for something. And I uh, can work in teams with others to make it happen. I, I, I'm, I'm like that. I'm very hands-on. But it has to be with another team, with a group, because alone, we really can't do much. I, I am a big, big proponent of working with uh, teams and groups. And so what are uh, some projects that have meant a lot to me? One of the projects um, is the uh, uh, New Professionals um, Special Interest Group from IFLA. And I established that in 2004 with colleagues from the uh, UK, England, and from Denmark, and is a space within an international, the, the International Library Association, um, for new librarians and also students to get engaged in, in library association work. And it's wonderful because they are in touch with others that are also new librarians and students uh, from different regions of the world. And um, it's been in place for more than 15 years now, and it continues. And it's part of the management of library association section of IFLA, of which I'm currently a member. And so that is uh, something that I think is still uh, impacting new librarians that often don't feel like there is, you know, how they can start, right? Have a good uh, depression in terms of even publishing, or doing some work. Uh, and so this is uh, this has helped many librarians around the world. Um, another project that I really loved was one that I got to do with uh, when I was president of ALA, and it was my wellness focus. And I'm super huge supporter of wellness. Um, for us to be able to give, which is how I see what we do, right? In any work, you have to give. You give time, you give your energy, your ideas, creativity. For us to be able to do that, we need to nurture ourselves. We need to have something inside because at the end of the day, if we don't have much, then we'll dry and it won't help anyone, starting with us. And so um, as part of the wellness uh, initiative, I worked with a, um, a student from Dr. Lorraine Roy, which was the president that uh, had for the first time in ALA a wellness initiative. And under her presidency, there was a wellness website. But that was uh, 10 years ago, when I, uh, 10 years from when I was uh, ALA president. And um, I worked with one of her students to update the that that uh, website 
And um, I also uh, work with my advisory board to identify web, uh, websites and links to include on in that. So that was one part. But we also um, had a huge uh, wellness uh, campaign and there were some news releases within ALA to provide information related to wellness for librarians. And I even, I remember during the annual conference, uh, the ALA president even cooked uh, a healthy meal in the uh, kitchen pavilion of the ALA exhibits. And I still remember I made uh, a kale juice with apple. <laughs> and I also cooked a saute shrimp with uh, some vegetables. And so um, I, we did other things related to wellness because wellness is not only you know, food, uh, it's also related to the financial, um, uh, social, professional. And anyway, we have eight different areas in which we um, uh, provide the updates and newer information on the website. And so um, we had different tips going out from uh, every uh, periodically. Uh, in different um, channels from ALA related to that. So that was an area that I really loved and uh, felt very uh, happy that we were able to do that. And then uh, as part of that work in the area of wellness, I established uh, the ALA um, citation for wellness. And during the first year, uh, we expanded that, as I said, wellness includes many areas, but for this citation, which is an award from ALA that's been in place since I was president, uh, we included salaries, how libraries are working with salaries, um, how libraries are helping their staff in terms of wellness. It was, uh, this citation is not for libraries that are providing wellness events for the community or the patrons. These are for libraries helping their staff, the library workers. And so this year, uh, the first year, the award went to the Richland Public Library in South Carolina. And this year it went to, um, I think it's the Western Library. Uh, and the award right now is being managed by Sustain, by the Sustain Roundtable. And, um, the award this year went to a library that during the pandemic advocated uh, in the local government and city hall from that city to increase the salary of all the library workers. And um, they, I think they made an assessment where they found out that the salary of the paraprofessional staff was really low and so they received the largest percentage increase. And this is so inspirational. It really warms my heart. And I was talking to some librarians that specialized in labor relations. Um, and they were so surprised that we were able, we, ALA, Sustaining RT, were able to uh, put in place an award that covers salaries as part of wellness. And yes, it is part of it. There are many areas that fall within wellness. And so I'm just going to um, leave it up to here because I can't continue talking about other projects, but I think I'm going to mention another one in the next question. Okay, well, that is great. And I'm glad you did include our financial um, aspect to wellness because it is, it is a part of wellness. And I know when I was 
before I became a librarian and I was working a lot of hours just to make ends meet, it did take a toll on me. So it is important. And I'm glad you did think of us as a whole person and making sure that everybody is whole in their wellness. And that's as amazing. I love it. <laughs> So I'll go to the next question. Uh, as a longtime member and contributor to IFLA, why has international librarianship been so important? And aside from the global focus, how is it fundamentally different from your work with ALA? Well, I want to mention two things. One is that um, the United States of America is part of the world uh, and is also part of the Americas. So it's not America. The United States of America is a country within the Americas. And so it's very interesting um, how coming from the Caribbean, from you know, a, a country that feels very much as a Latin American country, uh, and you notice that even though we are a colony or territory, I say country because our sense of country is very strong. And so coming to the States is a very interesting thing when they, they or, or my colleagues or everybody refers it as to America, where we have this, you know, the other continents. We have North America, Central America, South America. And so this is, uh, to me, very important or that's why it's so important to me to bring this sense of international and, and the knowledge and information from other regions of the world, you know, Asia and Oceania, Africa, Europe, uh, and South America, Central America to the States. So we uh, are better equipped to serve all people that come from all those regions and they are in our communities and they go to our libraries, to our academic, public, uh, school libraries. And so this is the way I see it and, how, and that's why it's so important to then be part of uh, IFLA, the International Federation of Library Associations and institutions, uh, because we are in contact with different regions of the world and then we can use that knowledge not only to enrich our collections, you know, that, that, that in itself, but the important part to me is that we can better serve our communities, that one part. And so the other part of my answer to this question is about what is the fundamentally uh, difference from my work with ALA? And I want to illustrate this with an example on advocacy. Uh, when, during my presidency, I did a national library tour to advocate for libraries. That was the goal. And we went to different states and we did, um, for instance, I remember Colorado was going, uh, uh, there was some, some measure and a couple of districts there that were going up for election, you know, approval of a levy or things like that. So the library received more funds. And so I spoke about that, right? It's a local level. And then I went to uh, Washington DC when the uh, census, uh, was going to be presented at a news uh, release, um, I'm sorry, as a press conference at the uh, National Press Conference uh, Club. And I spoke about uh, the importance of the census and uh, was how it was important to include the immigrants in that counting. I also went and uh, meet with congressional 
people and talk about, you know, how important it is to fund libraries because we have equipment and, and, and better salaries and uh, better structures and so on. And so that is very into our country, right? And they are all very good and very necessary because we do need equipment, dedicated staff, we need buildings, I mean, we need resources and all that. And also we need to continue advocating for net neutrality, copyright, helping access, you know, all those things. And then with IFLA, and these are of course uh, my experiences, um, I did advocacy at another level. I, for many years, advocated at the United Nations uh, when the Sustainable Development Goals were being put in place. And uh, so before that, I advocated in New York. I live in New York, so it was very easy for me to go there and to advocate with member states. The member states are the members of the United Nations and they represent countries, members of the United Nations from around the world. And so I met with them to show them how important it was for the UN to include access to information as part of the new sustainable development goals that uh, this is a document that countries use to guide their development efforts. And so they dedicate infrastructure and funding to this all over the world. And uh, up until now, access to information was not part of documents from the United Nations that impact the world, the entire world and different countries. And so uh, we were very uh, successful uh, working as a team with different librarians from all over the world. And so those are, I see, uh, one of the most important differences that we can, working in advocacy with IFLA, we can impact the world and the libraries from the world and the governments and so on, like cities, regions, and, and local level. And then working with ALA, we can impact our country. And so I think both of them are very important to continue moving forward librarianship and our profession and helping our communities. Such great work. So many, so yes. many projects and, mm -hmm. um, and the impact is huge. You know, it's not just, like you said, not just uh, America or <laughs> the U.S., but all of the Americas and just this global emphasis on um these other countries as well because they're all represented here and that that just makes a lot of sense to me that we definitely should be aware of you know these other groups you know other groups but also how libraries and information works in other places and, not, and then also how can we take um not just take but give back also um and share amongst each other um, what like what is what are the best practices? How can we best serve all of the people? You know, um, I think that that's that's definitely what should be at the forefront of what libraries are doing. And you're showing us the way. So thank you. For <laughs> you that. are. You're yeah. the blueprint. <laughs> thank you. Well, my my focus is uh, it goes beyond our national and our country USA mm -hmm. or Puerto Rico. Uh, I think it's it's uh, important to bring that, that connection with the rest of the world because we are part of the world. We and are. so, uh, so you know, if you ask me a question, I will give you the international answer <laughs> <laughs> and, li and linked it to our uh, country. Yes. yes. <laughs> Which is good because I, I think we forget sometimes in, in the United States that 
we're a part of the world. It's not all about us. No. <laughs> <laughs> and if this pandemic hasn't, you know, showed that to us, I don't know what will. So. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So well, that actually concludes our questions for yes. today. <laughs> thank you so much for your time. Well, thank you. Continue uh, strong. I think this is great. Uh, we need more of these. And so that you take your time and because I know every project requires time and energy to mm -hmm. share with our profession. It's wonderful. So I wish you lots of strength and blessings so you can continue doing that. Thank you so oh, much. Thank you. I, I receive know. all of that. <laughs> <laughs> We hope you learned more about Loida Garcia Fabo. We like to share a quote with you before we sign off. The more boundless your vision, the more real you are. Deepak Chopra. Remember to keep walking in your lip voices and please follow us on all of our social media pages.